Well, Bitcoin changed. You know, when I first got into it, it was all libertarians and gold bugs that were against the government. Now, over 40% of Bitcoin sits in 2,000 wallets. It's all vulture capitalists. 70,000 Bitcoin sat in the Bitfinex hacker's wallet. Numerous Bitcoin has been seized by the government. So the, the government has seized uh, Ross Ulbricht's uh, Silk Road stash of who knows, 30, 50,000 Bitcoin, whatever it is. Mt. Gox has got 140,000 Bitcoin. So basically, a lot of people that own billions and billions and billions of dollars of Bitcoin are pretty trashy, scummy people. And all they're going to do it is sell it and not have the same political beliefs as you. You know, Blockstream used to have a block size increase on their roadmap, Bitcoin Core. They lied. I and Tone Vase and many other guys fought against the New York agreement where the, gov the, uh, the mining companies tried to take over the protocol. And uh, we were on the same side then. And then uh, we got screwed because Blockstream got bought up by AXA Insurance Company and the founder of, uh, what do you call it, uh, LinkedIn, Ross uh, Reed Hoffman. And, uh, and what happened? They started launching cloud mining, centralized cloud mining they wanted to sell you. They started launching protocols that compete with Bitcoin, like the, uh, I don't even remember what they call it, some other network, some other parallel non-Bitcoin network. And so it was just business as usual, centralized scumbags and vulture capitalists taking over. And Bitcoin's roadmap is trash. You want anonymity? Everyone that's tried to be anonymous in Bitcoin has been tracked down and basically killed by the government. So you've got uh, the guys that stole the Finex money. You know why they were sitting on 70,000 Bitcoin still? Because they couldn't get rid of it because you can't get anonymous enough to get out of it. But if you used Bitcoin or if you used Ethereum, you could because you could use Tornado Cash. Guys that hack money in Ethereum actually get to keep their money they stole. But guys that hack money in Bitcoin, they're fucked. They can't get rid of it because you can't get anonymously rid of the shit. And you can't generate yield with it. So everyone gets altcoins to guy and generate yield and they get wrecked and, and uh, you know, stupid rug pulls. Or worse, they give their money to a centralized entity like Celsius or BlockFi or so many other horrible centralized entities that Bitcoin was invented to get rid of. But because the stupid protocol can't generate you any yield, you end up giving your keys to somebody else. And that's how Mt. Cox got their 140,000 coins. And that's how the Phoenix hacker got their 70,000 coins. Because the protocol is such trash. Oh, and by the way, all you guys that promote margin trading, you're helping these centralized entities take keys out of people's hands. You're getting one guy on one side of the screen to pretend that he knows what's going to happen and, and take another guy's money. You got two guys on two different ends of the same screen trying to steal each other's money. And in the middle is the guy reaping all the rewards. Like the recently convicted or settled with the government... Uh, BitMEX founders, those guys have got an insurance fund with, I don't know, 30,000, 50,000 Bitcoin in it. And it's really just their money. It's their retirement fund. They don't have to use it for insurance. And how do they get their 30 or 50,000 Bitcoin? By everyone on YouTube promoting margin trading, telling you this fantasy that if you just learned a little bit more, you could go take other people's money from them. How honest and beautiful. And all it does is make the trading companies rich, the exact opposite. Those are the new banks. The new banks are the, the people that give you margin. The new banks are the exchanges. And actually, the new banks are the governments that have seized all these coins from the hackers and the criminals. And so what solves this? A lot of things solves this. Tornado Cash solves this. It gives you actual anonymity and privacy. You don't have to get wrecked by the government or lose all your privacy. If you're a business, you don't have to let everyone know what you pay all your customers. You don't have to let everyone know what you pay your employees. You don't have to let everyone know what you pay your suppliers because you need actual privacy to function in the world, which is why it's a human right. And Bitcoin doesn't offer it. Bitcoin's also at the top of its S-curve. The richest man in the world already bought and dumped on your heads. Governments have already made it legal tender. Insurance companies have already bought it. Everyone already bought it. It's traded in the most liquid exchange in the history of the 
the Chicago Mercantile Exchange, and hundreds of millions of dollars are traded every single day. And guess what? You're late. It's 13 years old. You're not an early adopter, which is why it's cheaper now than it was five years ago. You sat on your Bitcoin for five years at a loss. Piece of crap, garbage, trash asset that's the slowest, most expensive database in the world. You can't, you, when the blocks fill up, and by the way, I've waited six hours for a transaction, and you can't fix it. And, and, and there's no roadmap. They haven't added features in five years. And they've had two critical vulnerabilities where anyone could mint as many free coins as they wanted. And one time they did. Somebody minted six billion extra Bitcoin and they had to roll the chain back. And then a couple years ago, three years ago, a Bitcoin Cash developer, Bitcoin Cash, that thing down 98% versus Bitcoin, 99% actually, that thing, one of their developers found a critical vulnerability in Bitcoin that would have let anyone mint as many free coins as they wanted. They respectably and honorably and responsibly disclosed it instead of just minting as many free coins as they wanted. And then Blockstream lied and said it was, uh, it was a uh, denial of service patch they were releasing. But really, it was a denial of service patch plus a anyone could mint as many free coins as they want. And how many coins have had that problem? XLM had that problem. Ravencoin had that problem. Monero had that problem. AVAX had that problem, but you know what coin is not ever going to have that problem that all those other coins have had, including Bitcoin twice? Hex. Do you know why? Because it's a safe within a safe. Our consensus code is locked and isolated in a place where no one can ever possibly touch it ever. But the Bitcoin code, it gets modified and changed all the time. Little tiny fixes they tried to do. They tried to make the latency on the network a little bit quicker that introduced that last bug. That last inflation bug that would have let anyone mint as many free coins as they wanted was introduced by a Bitcoin developer trying to make the network stack a little better because it's spaghetti code. And if you try and change one thing or improve one thing, it breaks everything because the consensus touches the wallet, touches the network. It's trash and there's no written spec, which is why you don't get multiple implementations. No one, no one wants to use them because they're not bit for bit bug compatible. So what you've got in Bitcoin is limp, weak gains. It dumps just as hard as everything else. Bitcoin dropped 75%, Ethereum dropped 85%, Hex dropped 95%. And when they go to get up, which one do you think is going to get up the hardest? Bitcoin's too heavy. There's no, it's the top of its S-curve. If you buy it now, you're getting limp gains with the same drops. It's a risk on asset. And as long as inflation rates are increasing, Bitcoin price will continue to go down along with the prices of almost everything else. You know, Hex went up 30X the last time Bitcoin died from 65K. When I, tied, when I called the top on the day, and that top call has been in profit every single day for the last year and a half. Every single day for the last year and a half, except one, the Judas candle, the 69K, 6% higher high. They got all these guys telling you about technical analysis, long the top, and then wrecked and liquidated. Three Arrows Capital, liquidated. Willy Woo, liquidated. Uh, Michael Saylor at a loss. Elon Musk, I think Tesla lost 9% on their Bitcoin play. All these losers are losing money left and right while I'm God mode giving away this information for free, handing out free coins. Hex was free for Bitcoiners. Pulse Chain is free for Ethereum people. I'm giving out free coins, free advice, living the dream. All these guys are losers compared to me. I don't know why you would ever listen to any of them. So for, for Tony, I'm going to give you the mic now. Uh, for other panelists that want to speak, feel free to put your hand up. Tony, I appreciate you muting while Richard's before uh, um, before before we uh, move over to Tony, Richard, you keep mentioning the two Bitcoin inflation bugs, and you mentioned it on the Coin Coin Telegraph debate that you guys had with uh, Tone. I think this was two years ago. Could you like educate the uh, audience on what they were and how they affect BTC as well? 
Yeah, sure. So the hardest part of a blockchain is just making sure that no one mints any extra free coins. That's the whole game. Like the whole reason blockchains are useful is because it's mathematically guaranteed supply increase. So all proof of work currencies inflate to secure their networks. Unfortunately, in the case of Bitcoin, the more popular it gets, the more value it gets, the more proof of waste you have to do to defend that value, the more the environment gets blown up. Now, two thirds of that energy is renewable. But guess what? When you suck up all the renewable energy, then the guys like they just had to turn off all the mining in Texas because the grid was full. And then the Bitcoin guys are like celebrating like, hey, we turned our machines off. What good citizens we are. And you're like, bro, if you wouldn't have them on, you wouldn't have to turn them off. It's like having to borrow your lawnmower back from your neighbor. You lend your lawnmower to your neighbor and you've had he's had it so long that now you have to beg him to get it back. And it's just the same thing with electricity, you know, and if they would stop blowing up the environment, they would stop murdering the price because we know proof of stake systems work or you'd see them getting hacked all the time. They never get hacked. The, the, the networks that have all these bugs that I'm telling you about were like Ravencoin, for instance, a hacker minted 10% of the Ravencoin supply at once from an inflation bug and dumped it on exchange. So proof of work systems are extremely buggy and they're not buggy from the perspective that they need more hash rate. They're buggy from the perspective of software bugs and software bugs are a function of attack surface. And the more spaghetti code you have and the less modularity you have and the less isolation you have, the more of these huge, these huge like world ending bugs you're going to get. So, you know, when they minted six billion extra Bitcoin by accident in 2010, they just rolled the chain back and we're like, ah, oops, we'll just pretend it didn't happen. That guy that minted the six billion extra, we're just not going to give it to him. And that's what that's what uh, that's what the Ethereum guys did back when Ethereum was big enough to just do whatever they wanted or small enough to do whatever they wanted. Some guy like ran a smart contract and jacked everybody for their money. They said code was law until someone actually used the code to take their money. And then they said, oops, code's not law. We're forking the chain. Ha ha. And then they rolled the chain back with a default vote. You, you, like if no one voted, it just defaulted to taking away the quote hacker's money. But is he really a hacker if he just did what the code let him do? Right. And so like Bitcoin is the same thing. They have a they have an inflation bug that lets some guy mint an extra six billion Bitcoin. But they're like, ah, actually, we don't want you to have that six billion. We're going to take it back from you. And so when it happened to let three years ago, the guy that found it, the Bitcoin cash guy, he could have just minted as many free Bitcoin as he wanted. That's it. He would just perform a transaction on the network that would have put an extra million Bitcoin into his wallet or 10 million Bitcoin or 100 million Bitcoin. Because basically they, they made a mistake when upgrading the network to try and make it faster, to make the networking stack faster, less latency. They introduced a bug that let anyone mint as many free Bitcoin as they wanted. Now, Ethereum's never had that bug. And Hex is, un Hex is less likely to have that bug than either Ethereum or Bitcoin because our consensus code doesn't touch anything else. It's locked and isolated and modular. And so like, it, it's, it's like, this is the bug that bites everybody. The only other kind of bug that bites everybody is 51% attacks. And they really only happen to proof of work coins that have quite small mining minority hash rate. And that's the reason ERC-20s never have 51% attacks on them, but small minority coins do. Like, uh, oh, I can't, I don't remember some of these little small coins that have had these problems, but so long story short, when every time you try to improve Bitcoin, there's a chance you break it and make it a lot worse every single time because it's spaghetti code. And it's run by barely any guys. Peter Woolley, who's 80% of the commits to Bitcoin, just gave up his keys. He no longer can make commits on GitHub. He gave up his keys. Gavin Anderson, who uh, Satoshi Nakamoto handed control to, abandoned the Bitcoin project as well. He works on uh, zero cash stuff on side Ethereum. 
Bitcoin Jesus, he used to love Bitcoin. He left Bitcoin. I left Bitcoin. Everyone ends up leaving Bitcoin because Bitcoin doesn't care about you. It doesn't love you. And the second that the Bitcoin community sees that you're successful anywhere else, they will demonize you and make you the worst person in the world. Ask Trace Meyer. Ask uh, me. Ask Gavin Anderson. Ask Bitcoin Jesus, Roger Ver. Ask any of us who are some of the most you know, powerful people in the space. We've all abandoned Bitcoin because Bitcoin abandoned us. When Bitcoin.org was hacked and a scam was on the homepage, did Satoshi come and do an emergency live stream to save Bitcoiners? No, but I did because I care more than he does. Nah, and when's is... the last time when's the last time Satoshi oh. gave you free coins? I give you free coins. He doesn't. Satoshi's dead or coward. Vitalik's on stage every day. Where's Satoshi? This is stupid. Uh, so money is supposed to be a commodity. It's not supposed to care about you. It doesn't have consciousness. It's a it's an unconscious commodity. It's not supposed to be biased. It's supposed to be neutral money. That is the precise problem with hex, and that is why Bitcoin is better than hex. It's unbiased, neutral money. It's a tool. So the so hex is up two hundred and fifty x versus Bitcoin right now. Two fifty. So, so Shane McShane, I'll, I'll, I'll let you speak. Thanks for joining as well. Tony, you've been waiting patiently. I see Munib as well with his hand up and Wendy, and I'll let you guys speak in a bit and bullish as well. Um, so Tone, um, you've been very respectful muting your mic. So I appreciate you being here. So, Do you want to give the uh, audience I mean, first, introduce the audience, your, your, Richard, you and Richard, you go way back. So just to touch on that because a lot of people don't know that. And then address the points made by Richard, especially about Bitcoin and if you want to touch on X as well. Hey, Mario. Um, uh, honestly, I, I really don't mind Wendy and Munib going in front of me if uh, if okay. they're going to be quick. But then when I finally get a chance to talk, I expect uh, Richard to stay on mute the way I did. Otherwise, this makes no sense. And this debate is going to be very frustrating because 80% of what Richard said is like a lie. Uh, do I address the, the, the inaccuracies of his argument or do I address the assuming that Richard is right, even though it's pure bullshit? Do I address it that like he's wrong? On, uh, like, I, I don't even know how to debate something when half the things he says are just factually wrong. Like, do I debate the facts or do I debate the concept? I have absolutely no idea. So let me think about that as I let Wendy and Munib say something. So, sure. So, Ton, I'll let you, I'll let you prepare your arguments. And yeah, Richard will mute. And, so, and Ton's dialing a friend right now. He's calling all his and, homies. Uh, okay. So, so um, I'll let uh, Wendy, Munib go first. And then, Wendy, if you want to put your hand up again, if you want to, if you want to speak, because your hand is down now. But, Munib, I'll give you the mic and then bullish. And then, McShane, if you want to also speak before we give the mic to, to, to Ton. I have to I have to leave. So I just wanted to tell everybody I love and respect you all. And I hope that everybody can have a nice, respectful or actually a nice, decent conversation because decency is the bare minimum. Um, and that's all. So just again, you guys do what works for you. Be respectful to each other. And everybody's entitled to their opinion. And I'm learning a lot from both Tone and Mr. Richard Hart. Um, and that's all. And I'll be live streaming if you'd all want to hop over to my channel. But anyway, sending everybody love and light and keep the debate going. But be decent. Goodbye. Thanks, Wendy. Um, you, Wendy. So, 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 Munib, I'll give you the mic. And thanks for being here. I'll let you introduce yourself very briefly as well before uh, discussing the points Richard made. Sure. Uh, I think very, very quick intro for people who don't know who I am. I've been in the Bitcoin space since around 2013. Uh, my background is distributed systems. I did a PhD in computer science at Princeton. Uh, and my, my quick comments, I, 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 I actually didn't even know what the debate was going to be about, but I would plus one tone that I think there were so many different types of inconsistencies and weird kind of, kind of like, I wouldn't call them lies, but basically just misrepresentation of things that 
I don't even know where to begin, right? Like I, I'll just pick like one small thing so we can make it a little bit concrete. Like for example, uh, there seems to be an argument here that uh, proof of work currencies are somehow uh, worse at the inflation type of a bug. Like, there's basically no correlation there, right? Like these types of bugs, uh, all, all of these different blockchains are basically software, they're code. Any type of code can have bugs. And if anything, if there's open source code that has been out there running in public for more than a decade, then a lot of hackers have actually tried hacking it. A lot of people have actually tried breaking it. So if anything, Bitcoin has a much lower probability of, of having bugs than, than, than anything else. But absolutely, there's no correlation between a proof of work currency and the software used to implement it with bugs. Like that, that's just not how, how, how the software works. Reality doesn't agree with you. Just Google critical vulnerabilities Bitcoin. It's really that simple. The facts are on my side. They publish CVE lists. The developers, which you love so much, publish critical vulnerability reports. That's, 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 that's how software development works, right? Like that, this, is, this is basically, I think it's a known thing that Ethereum, for example, has a much more complex code base than Bitcoin. Bitcoin is simple by default. It only does one thing, right? You can only do very simple transactions with Bitcoin. Any computer scientist would, would agree with me that Ethereum is a much more complex code base than Bitcoin, right? You're, you're pointing to a strange thing that happened in 2010 that was very responsibly handled to make a point that is really there to confuse people who don't know computer science that well. And most of Bro, are you crazy? 2019 is not 2010. Three years ago is not 2010, I'm, is it, buddy? I don't think you know what you're talking about. I'm, I'm talking about the 2010 bug that you keep referring to, right? The, the, yeah, the, and, and I care less about that one. I care much less about that one than the very recent one that was done by the same guys that are still currently working on the software. Blue Matt, the guy that introduced that bug, is still working on the Bitcoin software. You're just fantasizing. I listed you a bunch of proof-of-work coins that have had software inflation bugs. Now you list me the proof-of-stake ones. Go ahead. Yeah, because you don't know anything. Most, most, most of the, these small projects, nobody even cared about it enough to actually go and exploit these bugs, right? Like you're, you're making a claim that at the software level basically makes no sense. No engineer would agree with you. you so you don't have a problem with anyone minting as many free Bitcoin as they want. That's cool with you. Uh, no, no, no one is saying that, right? And okay, so you support, you support the bug bounty program at Bitcoin. I'm, I'm then. Speak, uh, listen, I'm speaking right now, so maybe you can, be, you can let other people a chance to speak. What I'm saying right now is the Bitcoin code base is actually very simple because Bitcoin is a simple protocol. It has been there for 10 plus years. It has the most number of eyes on it. The most number of hackers have actually tried breaking it because it has it is by far the largest asset class out there. So people can make the most amount of money if they can break Bitcoin. If people have- Muneeb, how many months does it take to I'm onboard not, a new I'm developer? Not, I'm, not, I'm not done speaking. When you were talking, people were, were quiet. Right, so you can you can do the same. To the I asked you a question to get you to talk, but being not, so sensitive. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not, I'm not done, done. speaking. Right, so when I'm done, please you can ask your question after that. So going back to the fact that Bitcoin code base has been there for ten plus year, people have the most amount of incentive to go and hack Bitcoin because they can steal the most amount of money by doing that. They don't care about the small random project, right? Because there isn't a lot of money there. There isn't a lot of liquidity there. Even if you steal something it's 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 like low stakes right nobody cares bitcoin is the prime target it's the largest asset class the most liquid thing out there and it has been there for more than a decade right hackers have tried 
other people have tried and it is by far the most stable thing out there. So just coming here and making an argument that because it's proof of work, somehow you can create inflation bugs at the code level as a computer scientist, no engineer would ever agree with you that there's any correlation there. Buddy, the, the people that introduced the bug were on the Bitcoin Core dev team. They weren't hackers. Second, can, can how I many talk, months can, does it can take? I mention specifically about that bug, okay? Richard is blowing down. Okay, look, every, uh, as Muneeb said, uh, every piece of code can have a bug. Everything gets a bug. How did that bug get introduced into Bitcoin? A while ago, uh, I think it was Matt Carello, who in review of the code, they uh, decided that this certain piece of code was not needed in the Bitcoin protocol. A little later, there was an update to the code. No problem. A little later, there was an update to that update that needed a dependency on what was added prior. No problem. After that, there was another addition to the code that added that now needed those two dependencies. And then later on, something else got added that needed those things, but also needed the thing that happened to be removed. So there's two things there. First of all, this bug was never exploited. And it would have been so theoretical to exploit it. The problem that the Bitcoin network faces, because Bitcoin network doesn't have a single godlike leader, unlike some other chains, including Hex, because Bitcoin is this decentralized protocol, there is no one to speak for Bitcoin. No one speaks for the internet itself. About six years ago, there was a very critical bug in the, in the, in the internet protocol, the whole internet. The entire internet was in jeopardy. Very few internet developers, uh, the TCP IP layer developers, they all got together in secret and they knew this bug existed and they had to fix it before the entire internet could have been exploited. Everything, every single website, every single thing. They fixed it. You can Google this, by the way. I think it was about a decade ago, uh, maybe less, maybe like seven years ago. They fixed it in secret because very, because very few people knew it was there. And they basically saved the entire internet from being taken down. These things happen. The same thing was ha happened there in Bitcoin. There was this small theoretical bug that someone could have potentially exploited that the miners would have probably rejected and nodes would have probably rejected those coins the way it happened in 2010. In 2010, all those coins were minted and uh, there was a soft fork and everyone's node said, no, 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 we don't accept those all those new coins. The same exact thing would have happened if by some 0.0001% chance someone could have successfully exploited that bug. The the problem that the problem that uh one second, I got I gotta call. Let me just say I'll call back. Uh we'll call back. I can't. Okay, so um so the problem with Bitcoin is that the Bitcoin developers are super honest. That honesty gets them the wrath of people like Richard Hart, okay? And that's the problem. So in Bitcoin, you have these developers that say, you know, there is a 0.1% chance that a 0.1% chance that this minor thing could potentially be exploited. And that statement gets blown so out of proportion because there is no PR department. On the flip side, you have a project like Ethereum or a project like Hex or any other project where there was like a 30% chance that this is this ridiculousness is 90% chance probability that it's going to be exploited. And they sit there, go on TV and say, nope, not gonna happen. No way in hell. 
okay? So they make these bold claims, and that's why there are 5,000 of these shit coins. No one cares about them. And then when they blow up, they just say, oh, it was a science experiment, no big deal. Okay, so, so Bitcoin suffers from the fact that everyone in Bitcoin is super honest. And everyone that quits Bitcoin, like Gavin Andreessen, like Roger Veer, like everyone else, is because they have this God complex that Bitcoin has to do exactly what they want it to do. And when this protocol you know, goes in its own direction, they throw up their hands and print their own money. This is continuing to happen all the time. And that's why these people lose all respect from the Bitcoin community. Well... Look, man, I think something like 3% of all Bitcoin holders claimed their free hex, literally provably on chain. Second, regarding miners rolling back the hack transaction, all you have to do is cut the miners in on the fraud. So if you give the miners 5 or 10%, you get to keep all of it. They're not going to roll it back on you. Third, I think it's funny that guys that have had two mint as many as you want bugs and a long list of other critical vulnerabilities, I might add, whereas Ethereum has had none. And like, I just, you have no anonymity in Bitcoin, you have anonymity in Ethereum. You have slow transactions in Bitcoin, you have fast transactions in Ethereum. You have NFTs. Wrong. And it's just, like, no, 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 tell me, tell wrong. me, educate me, educate me. I'm listening. Tell me you're going to tell me more than it's just wrong. Like, tell me. It's essential. Ethereum is a centralized security. Like, the vulnerability is the project itself. Like, you're actually. But Shane, your 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 audio is super low, bro. Can you speak like closer to the mic? Because I don't think the audience can hear you. Uh, sorry, I actually hear him okay. Yeah, see, yeah, yeah Doug. You used to be able to get two thousand Ethereum for one Bitcoin. Now you can get like what, like five hundred maybe or fifty or something. Okay, I don't know, dude. Seems like Ethereum did pretty Bitcoin, good. Sir. Like your yeah, strategy can, of can, arguing is so interesting. Like it's so frustratingly false and misleading. Yeah, but use your words, buddy. Use your words. You got the mic. Tell me. Give me details so I can crush you. I can. I can give you the details. I think Ethereum has had a lot more chain splits which are a critical consensus problem than Bitcoin. Like you can you can go look it up and let's let's dive into it. So why why is Ethereum having more chains splits than Bitcoin? Usually because they did the stupid thing of multiple uh, clients, which I don't actually like. Ethereum Ethereum has proved that if there is a big exploit and you actually steal a bunch of Ethereum, the centralized Ethereum foundation will just roll it back. False because Polkadot proved that's not true. That used to be true years ago but polkadot lost 150 million worth and no one bailed him out and the guy that founded that project wrote solidity the guy that founded that project wrote the ethereum software itself so the like if they were going to ever bail anyone out ever again they would have bailed out what's the, the market what's the what's the market cap of ethereum it's usually i think like uh, a third of bitcoin which is what well i mean i don't know 250 billion maybe right so what's 150 million it's nothing well, I mean, I don't know, man. The guy founded it, right? He's an insider. It'd be easy to just do the same thing they did last time, but I don't think insider, they're going to do it. He, he was an insider, but then he quit to print his own money, like every other insider of Ethereum except Vitalik. I, I just don't think they can roll back the chain, bro. I don't think I think it's too wide now. I think it's too many people. But, but I think rolling back the chain hmm. is a separate issue, right? The discussion here was that which code base is more complex and... Can have yeah, you're bugs. totally wrong about that. It takes nine months to on-ramp a new Bitcoin Core developer as per the Bitcoin Core guys themselves, which means it's extremely complex code and you just don't know what you're talking about. It's it, 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 because you have to make sure you don't do something stupid. So you want to learn the whole code base. Like in Ethereum, you can just go and start programming right now. No one cares.
I think I think maybe, maybe there's the market, one there's one guy on this call who actually knows about software and it's me. So I don't know why you trader guys think you know so much. You don't. So, so go, ahead. Vitalik, go ahead. Go ahead. Himself, Vitalik himself admits that Ethereum base layer and code base is more complex than Bitcoin. But Richard here knows. Hey, how Vitalik. much Bitcoin consensus has a $250,000 bug bounty program for Ethereum. How much is the Bitcoin uh, core bug bounty program? Well, Bitcoin. Well, where's the money? Is, okay, Richard. Get, get, where is the money? Where, where is the money coming from? Right. It's great when you have people printing their own money, like yourself. Have Chain all this labs. money to pay other people. Chain code labs. Chain code labs can pay it. They pay all the devs already. Where do they get the money? Chain code labs are doing all your dev for free already. Anyway, they could also have a bug bounty program. Why don't you crowdfund it? You could get two hundred fifty k, dude. Dude, go do it. Make Bitcoin better. All right, all right. Are, are people noticing that Richard switches topic every time he's wrong on something? Like oh, he every first sentence. tried. He, 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 you he, mean every time, right? He, he, he first tried saying that you know Bitcoin can have more bugs, and when I started talking about chain spits, he forgot forgot about it. Started talking about something else, right? Then I was talking about we a were, bug bounty program not then, relevant to bugs. Then, then we were talking about like, hey, is Ethereum code more complex? I brought up that Vitalik himself admits that Ethereum code is more complex, right? He didn't answer that. He started talking about something else. I, I think Ethereum's code is more complex, but that doesn't make so it less secure. It. it just makes it a different failure mode. It's not all complexity leads to the same type of failure. Right. Listen, not all more, types more of... Secure. Not all types of complexity lead to the same form of failure. You could say that Hex is more complicated than Ethereum because it's built on top of Ethereum, but that complication makes it less likely to have an inflation bug. Okay, so you not add complexity in anti-security. How, that, how can that be a true statement? That makes no sense at all. Bro, it's like putting a safe in a safe. Zero sense to an engineer. It makes zero sense to an engineer. It's basically this type of language only speaks to people who don't understand code and computer science. Just relax. I'm going to explain it to you in a way you understand, okay? If you have a safe and you put another safe inside it, that's more secure, right? And this is logic for Two more. safes this is more is secure literally. than one safe, right? So when you take a part of the code that's really important to you and you make it isolated and locked so that no one can ever edit it, it's that more is a, secure. That, that is a lie. That is impossible to do. Well, like, no, it's not. Like, that's by like definition what a smart contract without admin keys is. No one believes you that you don't have admin keys to everything in Hex. No one in the world believes you except people that only listen to your bullshit on it. I would add this also isn't about Hex. Hex is worth four cents. No one gives a Guys, about every ERC-20 without admin here. keys has the same security property. It has nothing to do with Hex. It just happens to be that if you take your consensus code and lock it in a smart contract and it doesn't have admin keys, then it is more secure than Ethereum itself from an inflation bug perspective. And it is more secure than Bitcoin itself from an inflation bug perspective because both Bitcoin and Ethereum do not have their consensus code for counting how many coins exist locked and isolated, which, by the way, is why it's so hard to actually figure out what the Ethereum supply is. Sorry. You have to run okay. Okay. Let, 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 Bitcoin, what? which is secure through decentralization, something that Hex and Ethereum both lack. That decentralization secures you from 51% attacks. It does not secure you from bugs, which is the majority of the consensus failures and proof-of-work networks. They're bugs, which is why if you cared about security, you would have a bug bounty program and pay auditors like I pay auditors. I've spent more money on auditors for my code than Bitcoin That's spent for their code. That's because you're printing money. 
Yeah, you've also rugged more people than anyone. <laughs> yeah, I'm up 250x versus Bitcoin from January 5th of 2020. SMD, please. And that's after a fucking huge this dip. This isn't about hex. This debate is not about hex. We're not here to I don't care about hex, but you're you guys need to understand hacks. computer security. Better and worse exists, and you're advocating for worse. Okay, well, let, it's me, let me let me let me back up here. R Richard is trying to make a claim that Bitcoin's biggest problem is inflation bugs in the code. For me, this is not a concern at all because if there is one of these bugs that is exploited, which is very unlikely my node would reject those coins. And this is why it's important to run your own node, something you can't actually do on Ethereum or anything built on top of Ethereum. So if, if Richard's code has an inflation bug, which he claims it can't, but Munib, the computer science PhD, and myself, who have a background in computer science, have a financial engineering degree, and I did code on Wall Street, we're saying that he can still have an inflation bug. That's a computer science debate. But if he was to have some kind of a code failure. There are no nodes to reject it. He runs the only node. So he can either roll back the chain or there's nobody anybody can do about it. So either it's either his system is actually decentralized in a way that it dies the moment there is a bug, or his system is not decentralized at all and he can save it. In Bitcoin, you guys have any noticed that ERC twenties are like extremely reliable? Like barely anyone ever has problems with bog, that, bog standard ERC twenties. But they that, work really there's good. a reason for that. That's because Ethereum turned off Turing completeness after the DAO hack. No, they didn't. What are you talking about? You still have Turing complexity. It's an EVM. It's a virtual machine. You can do add, subtract, divide, multiply. You, you can do whatever you Congratulations. want. Congratulations. You can do fifth grade math. No, but you can do options. You can do time deposits. You can do peer-to-peer -peer trading with no middlemen, which Bitcoin can't. You can do stable coins. You can do algorithmic stable coins. Which Bitcoin can run a node, which is the most, which is the only thing that matters in a blockchain is whether you can run a node. I can reject coins from an inflation bug. No, but that's you never it. will, and that's not true because you run the code that the core devs give you, and you don't compile it yourself, and you don't verify that it doesn't send your keys off to them, and you wouldn't know where to look for that underhanded C++ code if they put it in there, which is why you can look up underhanded C as a contest where people compete to inject malicious bugs into otherwise very clean-looking C code, and very, very hard is it to get up to speed with C++, which is what Bitcoin Core runs. The Bitcoin so, D EXE is, is, is C++ code. You're going to do by default whatever the dev shoved down your throat so, because so, you as a non-dev don't have a choice. Your so node Richard, is never going to do Richard, anything different from anyone else's node ever. Richard is making the... Yeah, okay, well, one last point. One last point. Sure. I'll, I'll give you the floor. <clears throat> Richard is making the claim that the most open uh, code base uh, with some of the most uh, honest, articulate developers that have been super public about everything, that have a history of coding projects uh, to protect people's privacy and like basically have very anti-government, tyrannical mental views uh, on that whole situation. That this group of developers uh, is somehow more malicious than one or two developers you've never even heard of who you don't even know their names in all these other crypto projects who you who may or may not be uh, working for the government, who may or may not have been infiltrated to the government, who are coding like and no one is even checking their shit. He's saying that those developers are to be trusted more than the group of Bitcoin Core.
Good luck I don't with that think the Bitcoin guys are malicious at all. I don't think they're malicious at all. I think it's just spaghetti code and hard to work with. C++ is hard to work with. Bitcoin's hard to work with. That's why it takes nine months before you can even start to make your first commit at Blockstream. Go watch the interviews. I don't understand you guys. You say Bitcoin's simple, and then I prove it's not, and you get mad. I say I say bug bounty programs are good, and Ethereum has one, and then you're just like, uh, centralized. No, just go oh, raise the money oh, and have a fucking oh, bounty, oh, bounty program. Richard, you're, you're, you're also talking about how easy it is to stick a bug into Bitcoin, and then you're talking it's about not, how hard it is it's, to, it's easy to, to add not, into Bitcoin. It, it's very hard to not stick a bug. You just said it yourself using your own words that it takes a long time to on-ramp a new dev because you want to make sure he doesn't screw something up. You and I agree with this. You and I agree with software is hard and that you should have really smart people doing it. And you gave a weird straw man where you accused me of accusing the devs of being evil. I don't think they're evil at all. I think everyone that writes open source software is a very nice person. They could go make more money in the private sector. I think open source devs are amazing. You know who's still writing open source software? Vitalik. Me. Satoshi's not, and half the Bitcoin core devs are leaving. Like Peter Woolley just dropped his access. Gavin left. I mean, they're leaving left and right. It's a, it's a tragedy of the commons. Like you guys are, the reason you'll, like, where's the anonymity in Bitcoin? And you want anonymity and I want anonymity and we agree on this point and it'd be great if they actually added it. Where is it? It's been 13 years. The roadmap is pitiful, man. And you're going to say, next you thing you're going to say is, add, that makes Bitcoin better. It makes Bitcoin better than it can't make. There you go. I beat you to it. It's better that Bitcoin can't add anything because it makes it more secure, even though it has a giant list of critical vulnerabilities. What yeah, makes so Bitcoin I, I secure think, is the fact that you can't just add random shit. All right, Maneeb, go for it. Yeah, I think I, think I want to make two points here. The first point is that this uh, idea of uh, the security of Bitcoin, like there, at the end of the day, there's always a social consensus there, right? Uh, and how decentralized an ecosystem or blockchain is falls back to the social consensus. And in Bitcoin, you do have the most grassroots, uh, diehard people who believe in decentralization. And so changing the 21 million Bitcoin cap is basically unthinkable, just, just from the fact that people's Richard, are going to- Richard, I'll let you, money. just quickly, Richard, Richard, I'll let you mute so we can hear money. Just if you don't mind muting, Richard, there's a background noise. I Bro, my you. mic has been off forever. I don't know what you're talking about. Oh, I heard rain. I, can now I think it was someone else. Oh. Yeah, I think it's, oh, it's someone really else raining. Yeah. It's raining in the background for me. Maybe maybe that's oh, okay. what you're hearing. Oh, okay, cool, cool. My bad. I see yeah, I see Muneeb constantly transmitting, but not like Muneeb's got mic indicator always. All right, go ahead, Muneeb. Yeah. So I think the, the first thing is the social consensus there, which is what what Joan was talking about. I think super important. The second thing is I I, I believe Richard's main argument is that somehow publishing a smart contract and then throwing away the keys is more secure than the, the type of code that Bitcoin has. I, I think the counter fact of that is like smart contracts upgrade all the time. You have Uniswap V1, you have Uniswap V2, you have Uniswap V3. P the same people can publish a new contract and just tell everybody, hey, here's the new contract code that you have to follow. And people do this all the time. On, on yeah, but that's a, that's a superior security model that was actually very innovative and the same one that I came up with. Everyone that makes a smart contract could include admin keys and introduce middleman security, beg some other guy not to do something evil. The right way to do security is to make the individuals upgrade their node and use social consensus to choose what the safe thing is. Uniswap V1 chose not to have their keys and make everyone else go through the hard work of moving all their liquidity manually and all their trading manually to a new system. It's a superior security model. 
So not having admin keys is what crypto was designed around and having to force everyone to do that work to verify that they're on the real thing is the most secure thing you can have, which is by the way, those systems have operated perfectly flawlessly for years. Bitcoin hasn't. Bitcoin has had, and like, I just, I don't understand why you guys are so mad at reality. Your devs on your team injected a bug, and now you're yelling at me like it's my fault. Your devs on your team injected a bug. It's your problem. What, what, what people are, are, are pushing back on is the misrepresentation that somehow there was some big problem with Bitcoin, right? There's Whereas big problems all the time, but you guys just don't read the CVE reports. Bitcoin only got Bitcoin only got stronger when that bug got fixed. I don't understand how Richard is saying it's a bad thing. This is a good thing. It's a good that it got fixed. It's just spaghetti code that's likely to get more bugs. That doesn't mean it's spaghetti code that's likely that doesn't prove anything. All the time, all the time, right? So he's over exaggerating a relatively small thing on a very secure system. And basically play around with this idea that somehow smart contracts are more secure. They're not. Yes, they have a property that once you publish it and throw away the admin keys, you can't change that contract. But the people who publish the smart contract can publish a new one. And, and, and Hex, I haven't looked that deeply into Hex. It's not kind of like on the... Please don't. Mind, mind I, I for, think for, it's for, better that you guys don't even talk about Hex. It's too confusing for you guys. It's better we just talk about Ethereum. But, no, that, but that, 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 this is how this is what makes it popular. It's too confusing for anyone. It's uh, no, it's, okay. It's, it's literally hex is just Bitcoin with a proof of work change. We use ETH miners and we inflate to get people to lock their coins instead of blow up the environment with SHA two five six. That's it. That's oh all it is. God. It's not hard. So you just don't about like Bitcoin innovation that keeps coming back up. That hey, Bitcoin doesn't innovate. The architecture there is that the base layer is simple. The base layer is not going to change. It's hard money. And, and, and people like that. And then there are Bitcoin layers, right? I work on one of them, right? There are all sorts of Bitcoin layers. Lightning is one, Stacks is one, RSK is one. There are, there are new ones coming up like, uh, like the sidechain on Cosmos. And that's where experimentation happens. If yeah. you want more privacy, if you want tornado cash like stuff, you would publish that on a Bitcoin layer. Stacks could do it. Well, liquid, liquid, liquid has it as well. Uh, all transactions inside the liquid sidechain have, uh, uh, what do you call them? Uh, well, they're, they're oh, confidential, confidential transactions. Thank you. Hey, do you run a liquid node, Ten? I don't at the moment because I travel too much, but I plan to when I uh, take some time off. And don't you have to pay someone for a hardware security module to run a liquid node? Yes, liquid is federated, but Stacks is not. Stacks is permissionless. I don't need to run a liquid node. I can choose to if I want to. Uh, I would rather I run Bitcoin than a liquid node, truthfully. So, so Richard, I have a question for you. You were, you were a big supporter of Bitcoin. You explained why your perspective changed. What are, what are things you agree with uh, when talking about Tornum? Uh, you know, we had things that you guys agreed on earlier in the space without knowing, without being in the space at the same time. You made similar points. What are points you'd agree with that, that were mentioned by Munib, uh, Torn, or, or Shane? So if you're worried about 51% attacks, then the network that has the highest hash rate is most secure about that, that would be Bitcoin. If you're worried about being able to buy a billion dollars at once and not move the price, that would be Bitcoin. If you're worried about regulatory certainty, being uh, registered as uh, you know legal tender in El Salvador, that would be Bitcoin. If you want to put a laser eyes profile and feel good eating steak and, and hang out with other people that only eat steak, 
that would be Bitcoin. But all of these things has an opposite side. So yes, you can buy a billion and a half dollars of it without moving the price. But guess what? The price doesn't move because if you buy a billion and a half, that doesn't move it. So geez, how much do you have to buy to actually get it to move? You see? And so it's the same thing goes with this the 51% of totally tax stuff. Argument again. Richard is only interested in rugging y'all for USD. He's not interested. Like there's like no fundamental difference between your project i'm i'm the self-help author that gives away free self-help book for years you are not 290 pounds what are you talking about no one is seeking help from you so let me get this straight if michael jordan's coach couldn't dunk him and you couldn't learn from him if a homeless guy in the street tells you to brush your teeth you don't brush your teeth you can leave your fat shaming at home dude i give bitcoiners free money i save bitcoiners from scams i try and make bitcoin more secure free money I said this. I literally said this to Alex Mashinsky's face in 2019. You cannot give everyone 7% interest. You're running a Ponzi scheme. And there's no difference here. There's Bitcoin no miners make it. Money. Bitcoin miners make that. Where's the Ponzi? It's Bitcoin miners free. mint air out of thin. I've, I've minted Bitcoin. They don't. They Bull burn electricity. There's a difference. No, it's worse. It's a huge negative externality. But for some reason, you like enriching hardware companies and electric companies. It's silly. They murder the Bitcoin price to buy pollution. Instead, you could just not murder the Bitcoin price and not buy the pollution. And as long as you still have a functioning consensus network, everybody's happy. The only time That's as big the, as long as no, but as soon I invented <laughs> the term the just in time security, I, in, I invented the term just in time security, which means when the government starts kicking down doors and making problems for everyone, you do a proof of work change. If the government started doing SHA-256 mining right now, how would Bitcoin protect itself? With a proof of work change. If the government started knocking down Ethereum miners' doors and making them change transactions, how would you fix that? With a proof of work change. So it's okay, all social consensus anyway. If the government broke down your door and threw you in prison for 20 years, how would Hex perform? It would perform, well, I mean, okay, let's, let's do that in theory. People think I have 85% of the supply. So if I go to jail forever, who? I don't know. Maybe that's like Satoshi going to be dead, right? So the, the origin address has never sold a coin. Never. But, if, but the Ethereum founder sold coins. And to tell you the truth, I don't know where Satoshi's kids may have put his coins. And I don't know who he had kids with. And I don't know how good his operational endpoint security was. Never sold coins. You're going to pretend really you haven't dumped on your pecs. No, he holders. dumped all the Ethereum it's that people chain. paid on day one to get his coins. No comment, Tone. Yeah. What about? I got a lot of really cool stuff. I'm selling something for it, ain't I? What about the vulnerability if coins ever become active? And all of these OGs, who do you think Satoshi is? I mean, it doesn't like. I think Satoshi is an English-speaking, rather uh, works at a college kind of guy. Based on his spelling analysis, he puts two spaces after his periods, which means he's one of the last guys to learn a typewriter. So he's probably about my age or older. I'm 42. He spelled a lot of stuff with uh, S-E instead of Z-E, which is an English thing. And if you do timing analysis on the times and when he posted and how quickly he responded to other people, you can't, res quick you can't respond quickly to other people when you're asleep. So you can actually tell when a guy's awake because he can't cue messages to try and beat the timing analysis. So I think he's an English person on the UK time zone, probably based on the way his code looks, uh, rather noob. You know, he, he wasn't used to working in a dev team. He's kind of doing it on his own. So I want to bring up, we've got a lot of members. So we mentioned Hex. James, I'll give you the mic. I've got a question for, for the panelists. But James, I know you were waiting to speak, so I'll give you the mic. 
And what about James. if coins start moving? Like all of this Bitcoin's price and everything that's happening right now, like in the, the value of $1 trillion is all reliant on the coins not moving. What happens if the coins move? And what about that vulnerability? Like, I feel that's like not true, man. Bitcoiner just ignores that. Nah, it's not true. We have a number for that called days destroyed. We measure the length of time that a coin has remained uh, dormant. And so if you look on bitinfocharts.com, you just search Bitcoin rich list, you can actually see a chart of how long coins have been sitting there. And, you know, some large amount of coins, which, by the way, is funny. They, market cap supposed to be circulating supply. Circulating supply means moving. Bitcoin's uh, founders, million coins, are sitting there counting as circulating supply, even though they've ever knew, never moved. It's a scam. So actually, Bitcoin's market cap is about 5% lower than publicly advertised because everyone's a scammer. But that, that doesn't matter. Well, why does that matter if Bitcoin's market cap is 5% lower or greater? It fluctuates quite why a bit. Why not just measure it accurately? Why not just measure the coins that have moved that are actually circulating? Why not? Or publish both numbers. I don't mind. Uh, again, bit, there's no CEO of Bitcoin, Richard. This is a this is a coin market cap ranking site thing. This doesn't have to do with Go actual Bitcoin. Talk to them. Well, I, like it's a complaint for Coin Market Cap the website. I've already we've already got a lawsuit against them. I don't think they want to talk to me. So excellent. And by we, so I mean bring, Mexicans, not me personally. So I want to bring up. We've got a lot of audience members, uh, Richard, that have come from your community as well. Oh, oh okay. so, going back up. Sorry, 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 sorry. Are you suing Coin Market Cap? Is it because they're not listing hacks? Well, like, like why? Why are you guys suing them? <laughs> Well, basically, like, malicious tort is when you make uh, problems for someone else's ability to fulfill their contract, and it's actionable. And when you lie and say untrue things, it's actionable. Hex has had billions and billions and billions of dollars of market cap for years, and yet we're put at number 200. And if our price goes down, we're number 200. If our price goes up, we're number 200. But on the first page, they list things that go to zero, like yams and Luna well, and all types of other disgusting let's clear, trash. Let's be clear, Hex is pretty damn fucking close to zero. It's four cents. Bro, I really hope you get to hang out with some Hexicans sometime. They will really educate you and show you what good life actually looks like. We're driving Lamborghinis, Ferraris, Bentleys, yachts, jets. We're winning the game, uh, period. No. I heard this from one coin. <laughs> the guy with less Bitcoin than me is laughing at me right now. I think that's really funny. Hey, I mined full block solo, no pool, in, in uh, 50 BTC rewards in 2011. How about you, buddy? How much BTC you got, well, dog? Richard, you're not going to win a debate with a Bitcoiner showing them how richer you are. I really don't care how rich you are. I don't have a Lambo. I don't want a Lambo. It's not why I'm here. Clearly, this is why you're here. You didn't make enough money in Bitcoin, so you have to start printing your own. Tone, I retired in 2003 I mean, with 150 million. Oh. Like, oh, Jesus. Dude, it, you, you guys need to go to richardhart.com and learn about who I am. I was a god before Bitcoin was invented. I was retired in 2003. Bitcoin was invented in 2009. Did he just say I was a god before Bitcoin was invented? <laughs> That's right. Correct. And still a god. Fat god. So, any. Uh, Okay, see, so I don't even know what to say to that, right? Like, I'm following, I like Bitcoin. Just admit, no just admit that Ethereum outpumps Bitcoin three to one since the COVID dip. Just admit it. I, your coin, I, I don't even know how to get in and out of it. Like, I would never do it. Like, it's just, it's just a made-up token that you created. It's not interesting. I, to I told you Hex is too confusing for you guys. From just talk about Ethereum, it's easier. 
It is not interesting. It is just another Ponzi, just like Celsius just imploded, just like OneCoin imploded, just like BitConnect. And you know what's funny? We're older than all those things, and yet our chart is up 250x versus Bitcoin. Crazy how that works, huh? It doesn't matter how much you're up. The question is, is this sustainable? And it's not because it's just a Ponzi. Dude, it's just Bitcoin's last segment of externalities. We don't have to pay miners to dump the price all the time. It's we don't not. have we just pay a little bit of fees. People average so, lock so, up seven years. What do you think buy what do you think happens to some people buying lock up seven years? What do you think happens to it? The price goes up, it's obvious. Oh uh, yeah, it's been going down. Yes, you have lots of just explaining a better made Ponzi. Hey, I don't, you know what? I don't even, I don't, it's not better. Like the Ponzi is not better. Let, he let me ask better you, why is the Bitcoin a Ponzi? Real quick. To be fair, Tony, why I didn't is Bitcoin mean a Ponzi? better as in it's a better investment? I just meant that by locking it up for seven years, he can hide the fact that it's a Ponzi for longer. Why uh, can, isn't Bitcoin a Ponzi? Where's its base demand? Where are people uh, using it as a currency? Sure. This was explained in a post by Luke Dash Chewer, another one of those Bitcoin. You mean the guy that keeps begging online that can't pay his bills? Broke Luke Jr.? The guy yep, that, that the one. guy that is like, like yep, nearly. That's, that, that's the one. One of the smartest computer engineers uh, alive. And yes, he's not very wealthy. And yes, he needs donations. And he's still one of the smartest computer science people. He in wants the world. To, you know he wants the block size to be two hundred kilobits, not one megabyte, right? You know that, yeah, right? He has, he has very good arguments for that, by the way. And whenever Lucas Junior says anything, people listen. Yeah, I listen and everyone else laughs, including the core devs who are on my side on this one, that Luke is crazy. Uh, well, yeah, the, the lots of geniuses are actually are crazy, and he's one of those, right? And core devs aren't laughing at this. It's seriously being discussed. It's not going to happen. I don't think it's going to happen, uh, but he has good points on that. So in 2013, he explained why Litecoin is just a Ponzi and Bitcoin is not. And the answer was very simple. The reason why Bitcoin is not a Ponzi is because Bitcoin actually innovated something. Uh, because it innovated, it created, uh, it solved the Byzantine general's problem. It, uh, it created, uh, it solved the double spend problem, basically. And now you have unconfiscatable, censorship resistant, digital transfer. And it's capped at 21 million. This so innovation, you say unconfiscatable all the time and the government confiscates it and sells it all the time. Why do you keep lying like that, man? That's just bad key management. Yeah, 100%. But they, they confiscate it all the time and you run a show called Unconfiscatable. It's a it's scam. Bad it's a lie. Key management. It's bad key management. It's just Dog, bad then key call management. Your thing, then, then rename your conference Good Key Management because you're scamming. The, the, the protocol itself, if you properly secure it, is unconfiscatable. Always said that. Uh, so uh, because Bitcoin actually has an underlying so innovation of decentralization, it prevents Bitcoin from being a Ponzi. Everything else in crypto at the end of the day is pretty much a Ponzi because they haven't innovated anything. So what happens when Ethereum has negative supply growth due to fee burning and switching to proof of stake and Bitcoin is still not even hard money and still inflating to enrich miners to dump the price to pollute the environment? Ethereum and does the same thing, by the way. Ethereum doesn't have any actual innovation to the world. So eventually there will be no need for the Ethereum token because everything that you can build on Ethereum, you will be able to build on a side chain of Bitcoin. Moneeb is working on one of them, and there are several others. So everything that Ethereum can do 
Bitcoin can also do. That is why the Ethereum token will not be needed unless Ethereum actually converts itself to be a centralized corporation like Microsoft and converts Ethereum to an equity and stock of the Ethereum, the company. Then so that token has a chance to exist long term. Is the reason is the reason there's 10 times more liquidity in wrap Bitcoin and Ethereum than in the liquid network on Bitcoin because Bitcoin's so cool? Uh, anyone that wraps their Bitcoin on Ethereum doesn't actually believe in Bitcoin and they just want to invest in the latest and greatest thing to try and make more fiat money and eventually they all get burnt. And they all made yield instead of the actual hardcore Bitcoin bros that deposited their coins right into BlockFi and you right only, into Celsius. You, you, only, you only hear from the people that made money on yield. You don't hear from all the people that lost all their money in Luna, all the people that lost all their money in Celsius. These people can uh, probably might not be able to afford internet going forward. So you don't hear from all the failures. You only hear from the successes because they have a bigger microphone. That's because why I never hear from your students because they lost all their money. Your never students never talk crap on my posts because they're all wrecked and they don't have anything to talk smack about. Listen, you Richard should stop is, promoting margin trading. It's horrible. Richard, Richard, you're just another version of the core sellers up here. You're up here telling, I'll get you rich. I'll sell you something. I've got big Lambos. Trust me. Don't trust these guys. Trust me. You're just like- What are you talking about? Fighting. I'm up here talking about Ethereum. I don't even want to talk about my projects. You, I'm not you even talking about my projects. Yeah, you haven't talked about Hex this entire time. Bro, you came up here and said, I'm a god. Listen to me. My Lamborghinis are huge. And all the people who buy my coin are rich. You're just another version of all these people you're arguing with. Nope. I'm the guy that called the top on the day. Check the charts, buddy. That has nothing to do with what I just said, though. You came up here and said, hey, listen to me. All the people who buy my coin get rich, dude. And then you just no, tried I'm the guy getting people to hold their own keys. Listen, you can't remove price risk in speculative instruments. You're going to get bubbles. Things are going to go up and down. That's not removable. But you can remove counterparty risk. I'm the, I'm the guy getting people to hold their own keys. Yeah, no, you're still a snake oil salesman. You are just a different type of Tone wants you to give your keys to the exchange. I want you to hold your own keys. Easy. Trust me. When did I say that? I don't think Tone's ever promoted. <laughs> How are you going to do margin trading and not, uh, I don't know, put your keys on the exchange, bro? They're going to get you rich quick. Listen to me. Don't listen to them. Please do not listen to them. They are I'm the guy that tells you crypto drops 85 and 95% all the time. I'm the guy that tells you the honest truth about the volatility. Go look on hex.com slash scam or how it works, and you'll see me tell you 85, 95% drops all the time. Nobody no, else tells you that. You should make it. You should make it. Hey, Richard, debate, Richard, man, can you like, change? You need to change your... Any time talking God, about God. Hex, you change the domain to scam.hex.com instead of hex.com slash scam. I'll give you the mic. I'll give you the mic. Hold on, Jay. Before I give you the mic, I just want to say, so... We've got audience members, very important panelists to understand. We've got audience members from all different fields, including a lot of Hex um, you know, fans and followers of Richard. We've got a lot of followers of Bitcoin. So I think it's important to also address each audience. So when we Guys, talk I actually have to run. I'm like, I'm, I hit a hard time stop, but I'd love to do this another time. Probably more like a walk. Uh, yeah, enjoy, bro. See ya. <laughs> hey, anytime you guys want to get demolished on live stream and get educated, t.me slash Richard Hart, direct message me. I'm happy to educate your audience and you could do your best to try and educate mine. What tip would you give for people in crypto? Like number one tip. Don't trade. You'll lose all your money. Don't buy scams. Buy things that have product market fit. Bitcoin has product market fit. Ethereum has product market fit. Hex has product market fit. Hold your own keys. Do not use things that have admin keys. 
you will endure 85 and 95 percent dips if you give your keys to someone else you will lose all your money uh, also these things tend to bubble up every three or four years maybe it's tied to the fact that the halving occurs every four years but right now we have a different macro environment because they're stopped printing money bitcoins only existed previously in a market where they only printed money so we might have extra downside whereas a normal 85 percent drop from six to nine thousand dollars would leave you about ten six fifty now because they slowed down the money printing and it's a risk on asset and it's dropping with the stock market tied to interest rates which they have to keep raising because of inflation you might get a five thousand dollar downside target for bitcoin i hope it doesn't happen i hope it stops at 85 percent like it did the last two or three times and that's it. I'm out. I hope you guys follow me. Twitter.com slash Richard Hart win. Instagram.com slash Richard Hart official and YouTube Richard Hart uh, on YouTube. And I've got free self-help books that have been out for years. that could change your life. T.me slash Thivive. I don't have any paid courses. I don't have any paid anything. You can't possibly send my money. You don't know my address. Good luck and have fun, everybody.